The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show right here on Voice America, America's Voice. And today, in our first half hour, we're talking about new beginnings for cancer survivors. My, my guest is Bill Aaron, who's the author and also the photographer of this beautiful, beautiful picture book called New Beginnings, The Triumphs of 120 Cancer Survivors. And it's just absolutely elegant. It's really a coffee table book, beautifully done. And it's, it's a book for those and by those who've endured one of the greatest hurdles of their lives. It features a collection of narratives and pictures and portraits of men, women, children, and families of varied ages and of different ethnicities. And my guest, again, is Bill Aaron. Hello, Bill. Hi, Patricia. Nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. Um, Why did you write this book? Well, when I, after I was diagnosed with cancer, actually, I was diagnosed with cancer, and I did not think too much of it. Uh, I had surgery, and I thought everything was beautiful. Uh, A year later, the cancer returned, and that was actually worse than my original diagnosis. Mm. Mm. And I, I sought out because I had, I mean, I had, from what I had read, you get one chance at cure, and then after that, if that fails, then uh, the disease goes systemic. So Mm. I sought out a, a support group, and. Sometime during the first six months there, uh, I heard one of the members say, cancer is the best thing that ever happened to me. And I thought the guy was nuts. I mean, Mm -hmm. I had no inkling of what he was talking about. But um, it kind of, over time, it opened up for me another way to think about this disease um, in terms of a transition, a transition to a different kind of life. Mm. Good and bad. Yeah. So how did you decide? Now, you've been a portrait photographer for many years, mm-hmm. right? I mean, in terms yeah. of uh, communities around the world, yes. with uh, museums and galleries, you've done a lot of uh, Jewish communities throughout the world in terms of fo- yes. photographs. Why did you decide to create a book and, and use this theme? Well, I... Uh, in talking to other people um, about their cancers, I began to see there are really two halves of cancer. There's the medical part, and there's the emotional part. And it seemed to me that my experience, and well, that of many others, was that after treatment was over, regardless of the outcome, 
Um, you know, people get through it. Some not easily, others more easily. <sighs> Something happens. All of the attention focused on the person going through treatment sort of dries up and goes away because people expect, oh, well, it's over now, and it is what it is. And they expect life to go back to normal, including the, the person diagnosed. And I began to see that nobody's life went back to the old, what, what I come to believe is called the old normal. But people go through a transition period in which they really suffer think about their lives, um, evaluate what they've done, what they want to do, and then develop over time a new, a new normal, a new sense of what their life mm -hmm. is about. In other words, no one's immune with this, from this disease, mm -hmm. but how we handle it and our ability to help others is really important. So we have to recognize that after treatment's over, for the person diagnosed, the disease isn't over, whether or not they're cured. And um, towards that end, I began interviewing people. Um, I have a PhD in sociology, and I majored in what we call participant observation, in mm -hmm. which you join a group and you interview people and you participate in the group and you find out... Um, Sort of the, you find out what the group's about and its purposes and its intentions and, and you evaluate it. And so I began interviewing people and also photographing them because I'm, of course, a photographer. Mm -hmm. And I found in the beginning that the interviews were extremely cathartic uh, mm -hmm. for them and for me. Uh, very few of them uh, did not wind up in tears, but they were cathartic in a good way. Um, we both felt a sense of completion and a sense of balance when they were over. Mm -hmm. um, and so then we constructed a photograph to, that would adequately display how they were feeling, that would adequately, adequately present how they were feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and you can see I that. And then I began to see it as a book. As a book, the kind of book that I wish had existed when I was first yeah, diagnosed. Beautiful. Now, all of these photos are taken after the person has had the cancer, correct? Uh, yes. Some were still in treatment, but um, after, by and large, after mm -hmm. their treatment, has shortly after, shortly after or sometimes a long time after their treatment was over. Well, you know, it's interesting because when you look at the pictures, you would never know, unless you told me what you do in the book, you'd mm -hmm. never know that these people were sick. I mean, except, except for the little boy here, a man in Nazarene who, you know, yeah. he doesn't have any hair and you can see, you right. can see that that might be an issue. But for so many people with smiley faces and just happy, um, you wouldn't know. Well, I think as a result of our interview, people went through, I mean, the interview starts with what were you diagnosed, when, um, how bad was it, what was your treatment like, and then we move on to... And what happened when treatment was over? How did you come to reevaluate re your lives and move on uh, to something mm -hmm. new? Mm -hmm. And mo the majority of people felt good about that. Um, and that's what I wanted to convey. That, sure, there, it, I, I don't mean, by, I don't by all means intend that people should think once, you've, once you're through with your treatment life, becomes hunky-dory, 
Um, not at all. There are sad moments, there are difficult moments, but there are also moments of positive self-reflection and moments mm-hmm. of centeredness. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the side of the life that I wanted to convey because cancer is doom and gloom. Um, mm-hmm. I grew mm-hmm. up with with the, the with the idea that if you get cancer, boy, you're dead, um, mm-hmm. and nothing's going to save you. And mm-hmm. I think that lingers in our popular culture that a diagnosis of cancer is. I, hopefully, it'll move to a diagnosis of cancer is a confrontation with your own mortality. Um, it's not necessarily death, and it's not necessarily life. But what are you going to do with that confrontation? Um, are you going to let it bog you down, or are you going to use it to grow? Does that yeah. make sense? It, it, it does, and I think, I think my question is, after you took the pictures of these folks, and after they were in the book, and after the book came out, what did they tell you in terms of how it made a difference in their lives? Because I suspect that it did. Um, well, they, I, I was surprised at how readily people were willing to participate in this endeavor. Um, people wanted to tell their stories. Um, they wanted to, to tell what happened to them, uh, both as an individual and also those with families, how it affected their families. And I, I remember I had a uh, book party for you know, as many people that could get here when the book came out and, and the participants all came to the, the ones that are in the area, came to my house, and I took the, each one individually into my studio and had them hold a copy of the book. And nine out of ten people were just beaming, um, holding a copy no, of the book. I'm and sure. really proud. In fact, there was one family uh, in the book whose, whose uh, young daughter had, had died after not, uh, I guess maybe six months after I interviewed them. Uh, and I called them when I was editing the book with a publisher and asked if I could still include her. And they said, oh, yes, please do. She had a very rare disease, and no one even knows what it's called. And every time we can get the name of that disease out in the public, that means that more people will know about it and eventually um, maybe we can get scientists to begin focusing on it. It was one of the orphan cancers that people don't pay attention to. Mm, wow. So um, people were extremely proud. I mean, I think there's... Um, oh, I'm just trying to... Um, oh, sorry. I got a uh, block. Tiffany Grayley mm-hmm. um, uh, told me that um, that she said that we can't all be famous. Mm. Uh, we can't all be rock stars or people in the public eye. I'm looking but, at her right now. Pardon me? Mm. I'm looking yeah. at her picture, which is at um, the ocean, and it's just beautiful. She says, the self I came out of cancer with is much better than the self I had when I went in. If all I had to do was lose my hair and a piece of my arm, it was worth it. Wow. She was terrific. Um, and um, she also epitomized that idea um, 
of I would never wish cancer on anyone. Um, and it's the hardest thing that I ever went through and most people, uh, the hardest thing most people will ever go through. Um, but it made me alive. And I think that's what happens when you yes. self-consciously and with intention uh, focus on your mortality. Mm. Um, none of I us wanna, are going to get I, out I, of I want to read uh, Jane Brody, who is okay. a New York Times personal health columnist, writes this. Conquering cancer is really not about cure. It's about living living well for as long and as fully as one can. Beautifully said. Um, we're going to take a break. How can, and then we're going to come back and talk more to Bill Aaron about his very beautiful, beautiful, I call it coffee table book, picture book, New Beginnings, 120 Triumphs, or the, the Triumphs of 120 Cancer Survivors, photographs by Bill Aaron. And there's a story along with each photograph of these amazing, amazing people. How can people get the book, Bill? It's available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Should be in, and, and if there's a bookstore, it should be in it, um, and anywhere on the internet. Okay. All right, uh, we will be back with Bill um, right after the break. Bill Aaron, author of New Beginnings: The Triumphs of 120 Cancer Survivors. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Show right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. Stay tuned. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Tired of lackluster results with your marketing? Craving more leads in your business? Tune into the Mojo Marketing Edge with the team behind Mojo Global Marketing, Ira Rosen and Corey Michael Sanchez. Winners of the Marketer of the Year, they will show you how to generate daily leads, build databases of raving fans, and close deals faster than ever before. See what's hot right now and how you can tap into it to generate an endless supply of customers and clients. The Mojo Marketing Edge can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Listening to the Patricia Raskin Show, and I'm Patricia Raskin right here on VoiceAmerica.com. My guest is Bill Aaron, and he's the author of this beautiful book, New Beginnings The Triumphs of 120 Cancer Survivors, uh, with photographs by Bill Aaron. He is also a cancer survivor. And what he's done in this book is he's just brought out the most beautiful parts of these folks. I mean, it's just a very beautiful book. You wouldn't even know that they had an illness, most of them, by looking at these gorgeous pictures. So, Bill, talk a little bit about you know, when it's over, supposedly. In other words, when the doctors say, you're in remission, you know, we don't think it'll come back. Is, is it really right. over, or is that a whole separate stage? It's a whole separate stage. That's what I found out with these 120 people. Um, once there, there was diagnosis, there was treatment, and then after treatment, there was nothing. And it's really a whole separate stage of cancer that people need to deal with. In fact, there's a... Ellen Stovall, who's a senior health policy advisor for the National Coalition of Cancer Survivors, she wrote that with cancer, it's not death or cure anymore. Learning to live with cancer is a very different mindset, and many need to figure out how. And the foundation of this book is to, I hope, to help people figure out how to do that. Um, I should mention Ed Feinstein, Rabbi Ed Feinstein, um, mm. who uh, profoundly separated healing from cure. And he said, the way of healing is to balance the loss and fear and rage with a sense of gratitude. When they are balanced, we are whole, whether or not we are cured. In other words, I think he talks about in every episode of life um, that we go through, the goal isn't to just um, uh, conquer it and get by it and then go back to the way things are normal, but the goal is to stay a human being, uh, a balanced human being, a whole human being, a, sep- a centered one. And, um, and that was, that's the dichotomy that he set up. He said, life is about moments. We have started to live day by day. Oh, this is an Ed Feinstein, I'm sorry. The mother um, of another survivor, a young child, um, emphasizes that cancer affects the whole family. Mm. She says, life is about moments. We have started to live day by day, hour by hour, and sometimes second by second. Mm. And when you sit there with those seconds seemingly so long, you realize how many of them you have. Do you um, think, you know, I think yeah. one of the reasons that some of your folks in the book have said, you know, it's the best thing that happened to me, do you think it's because maybe before the cancer for some people, they really didn't look at those moments? They really, you know, didn't appreciate what they, I mean, what they may have appreciated afterwards? I think that's, uh, Patricia, I think that's profoundly true. And I think that's true for most people. I know yeah. I, certainly for myself, um, I went about my life task by task and mm-hmm. never really put it all together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, 
I had to do this or I had to do that. And it slowly awakened me to um, establishing priorities and what mm. was important. Um, yeah. And, I, I, you know, of course, family comes to mind, um, being a father uh, and um, being an artist. And, and I think these things that we, when we get caught up in the day-to-day grind of everyday life, it's hard to keep those in the forefront of our mind and make the evaluations that we need to make. So I think that is true for most people. Yeah. Now, let, let's look at a couple of people in the book that, I mean, you certainly can tell us your most amazing person. You know who looks so interesting to me is Ed Schultz. He's an administrator in the radiology department, mm-hmm. and he was diagnosed at 39. He's, um, he's much older today. He says his reward is seeing patients daily and making a difference in their lives. I, yes, I think that's a major point with a lot of people. Um, part of becoming centered is wanting to make your life mean something. And I think most of the people went through that. Um, some, um, some just reordered their priorities. Uh, some uh, established organizations to help other uh, survivors. Um, some just uh, opened themselves up uh, to uh, becoming a resource for other people, other families who went into that situation. In other words, I, I think the most we can do in life is to make our lives mean something, and and to and I, and I think. The cancer survivors are in the forefront of that, in that uh, this becomes very important. They want to know why they were given, not only given life, but why they were given life a second time. Yes, yeah. One person here that looks so interesting to me, I love his picture, he looks like a rock star. I guess he is. His name is Charlie Lustman, oh, a singer-songwriter. Talk about him. He's, he's interesting. And he had cancer of the jaw, and he's a singer. He, Charlie, went through amazing agony. He, um, let me just get his page, 47. He, um, by, the way, he, by the way, he writes, I don't believe in statistics. If I did, you'd be listening to a ghost. Interesting. So he beat I, the odds. The very first that was the very first thing he said to me. And then he pulled out, he has a, 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 an artificial jaw. And he wow. just pulled out his jaw and he said, see? And I just about fell on the floor. Um, I know my, my assistant, uh, who for this shoot, she was rather young. She had to just turn around and walk away. Um, but he was very energetic. And Charlie uh, Lustman, he... Uh, had been a singer, songwriter, musician, and what he did was develop this sort of rock cantata about uh, called "Made Me Nuclear," um, which he's performed for a lot of cancer organizations. The nuclear mm-hmm. referring to his chemotherapy uh, that mm-hmm. he that he had to go through. Mm-hmm. Very intense. Wow! Tell us about someone else. We have a few minutes left, so tell okay. Us. Um. One second. Um, one of yeah. the, the fellows that, that I really like is Robert Ram. He's a teenager. 
uh, and uh, he had bone cancer, and they had to uh, amputate his leg, and so he has an uh, artificial leg. I mean, he look, really looks like he just came back from Iraq. Mm-hmm. Um, and his mother writes uh, or says, she, he proves to us all that you can always make the best of anything. We quick, quickly realized how precious life is. We could have lost one of our children. So now we tell them all to live every day because you never know what tomorrow might bring. We don't look back, only forward. And what Robert does is when, uh, you know, he plays out on the street with his friends. And when little kids come around and they stare at his leg, his artificial leg, he calls them over and he has them touch it. And sometimes he'll put a Band-Aid on on the artificial leg and pretend that it hurts. And, and the kids, of course, just crack up. And has, mm-hmm. they have a lot of fun with him. <laughs> There's um, another a, one, a Carl Douglas Rogers. Boy. He, is, he yeah. is, looks wonderful, too. Right, right. Um, uh, Tiffany a- also said, cancer is a thief. The first thing it steals is your youth, your naivete, mm-hmm. your fantasy of mortality, of mm-hmm. immortality. In its place, it leaves a gift, the knowledge of a limited time, of mortality, and the clarity of what matters. And I think what- that's the most important thing. What would you say in your own life? How has it changed you? I, I believe that I've become a better um, husband, father, and community member um, in that order. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not every day, you know, and it's sometimes extremely difficult, particularly with the fathering part. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but we, um, we just do it day by day, and, and I, I think it's made me more present in my life. That's probably a good mm. question, Patricia, mm. because in striving for an articulation, I think the fact that it's made me more present is the most lasting and best gift that I have. Mm. Lots that's of times for, all, that's for all of us, isn't it? Oh, it's for God, all of yes. us, no yeah. matter you know what our condition is, just being more sure. present. Sure. Um, this picture has really captured me. We have about two minutes, so we'll just go quickly. Carl Douglas Rogers, communications consultant and writer. He was um, first diagnosed at the age of 39, and he had several cancers, several of them. Yes. And he said, I fought for life over cancer and ended up better because of it. Great picture of him, too. Thank you. Um, He is a terrific guy. He's actually, we've been, we've stayed in touch. Um, He's, uh, and... He has multiple can. He has a genetic flaw that mm. uh, that w- a gene we all have that controls cellular growth. His mm. is either mutated or he doesn't have it or something like that. He's just been actually been diagnosed with another oh, primary wow. cancer, uh, um, uh, but uh, uh. it hasn't it hasn't changed him at all. Wow. Um, he all right. is still the uh. purposeful man. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to tell people how they can get this book, New Beginnings, 120 uh, Triumphs of 120 Cancer Survivors, photographs by Bill Aaron, forward by Jane Brody. Beautiful coffee table book, beautiful pictures of beautiful people who tell their stories. Bill, thank you for doing this. It's It's quite a beautiful book. Well, thank you, Patricia. It's been a pleasure talking to you. 
right. All right. And uh, stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, stay tuned. Our next interview is coming right up here on voiceamerica.com. I'm Patricia Raskin for The Patricia Raskin Show. We'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.